fuck's happening? Oh, oh man. shit, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my time, but this is... This, this, Welcome everybody, this is Roomtone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host. We'll catch up right in a second. She wore blue velvet. Bluer than velvet was the night. Softer than satin was the light from the stars. She wore blue velvet Bluer than velvet were her eyes Warmer than May her tender sighs Love was ours Ours love I held tightly Precious and warm a memory Through the years And I still can see Blue velvet through my tears She wore blue and warm a memory through the years and I still can see blue velvet through my Welcome everybody, this is Roomtone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. I'm Ruggiero, your host, and today we have two very sparkling guests here at CITR. We are broadcasting from Unseated Masculine Land. This is the show that explores the mysteries around cameras. This is the show of all filmmakers. This is the show of the moving picture. All right, let's dive deep right into it. We have here with us the producer, Arthur Edelman and the director Nathan Lebedov of Where is Violet? How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing so good. Arthur, how are I'm you feeling? I'm doing great, Ruggiero. Thanks for having nice. us. Nice. All right. That's the way. Okay. So I want to dive right back into it. Can I uh, tell a story about Ruggiero before we uh, dive into it? Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, make it happen. Just yes. make sure to talk close to the microphone and oh, we make it happen. Yeah. Oh, man. It's nice and sexy. To. Oh, make it happen, you man. know it, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. So I met Ruggiero very early on in my uh, film school career, I could say. And the point when I met Ruggiero was we were given these pretty bad scripts 
by our school and we're like, have at her. And a lot of people, like these pretentious film school kids, were like, there's nothing I can do with this. This doesn't express me at all. And it shut a lot of people down. And a lot of people actually dropped out at that point of the school because it's really intense. So we actually met Ruggiero because he was filling in as a director for these shoots. And when he came in, he just had this crazy energy that no one's ever seen before there. And the way he approached the terrible material he was given, it blew all of these young filmmaker kids' <laughs> minds. So you guys are in good hands if you're listening to this. I, th I think I remember we, we, we flipped everything. Like uh, we just flipped everything and we went a little bit crazy on it. But yeah, we just showed the crew. At one point I was like half naked covered in tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Limping but, uh, away. Yeah, that's a, that's a story for another time. All right. I would say <laughs> let's dive deep right into where is Violet now. Uh, thank you, Nathan, for that story. Now, Arthur, um, why don't you talk us a little bit about yourself? You're, you've been producing this short film for the past months. What's the story behind that? Uh, you know, uh, Where is Violet was born in February when Nathan and I worked on a script development class. And I guess we wanted, we wanted to make a script, something, a story that was unique, that we haven't seen before. And Nathan and I got right into it, me as a producer, him as a director. And that chemistry and that weirdness uh, was born because of our hard work together. And we're really proud. Everything went so well and we really can't wait for you to see it. Nice, man. That's, that's, that sounds very interesting. So the thematic of the movie... Uh, for what we talked about so far, talk, it goes a little bit into foolishness, right? It's it's sort of an absurdist script. Nice. I'm kind of an absurd person. Let it all out, as man. Far as, like, Let it all you. out. Let what all out? All the all everything, what? everything you have crossing well, your mind no, in this just, moment, right just, now, right here. I just read a lot of Camus because I'm that type of person. Uh -huh. So that's kind of my main, the main driving force creatively behind the actual script because we wanted it to be something that most people who are in this stage of their kind of development as filmmakers wouldn't really try to do. Mm, of course, you gotta... Like we see a lot of like very kind of emotional, dramatic short films. Sure, you gotta go for the risk right there. And I know actually that both of you are very famous for going for it and just, and just uh, yeah, I remember... <laughs> in what way? <laughs> I remember some projects uh, uh, actually directed by Arthur just exploring the, the corners and the just uh, just risk-taking, man. This, this is beautiful and it's a, a very hard lesson to learn at, at first. But uh, um, yeah, actually, I want to ask you specifically questions about the two of you because... Um, I know you guys have met at, at VFS. That's where we all met anyways. Um, but from there, where do you want to go after that? What is, your, what is your next step? I guess for us, the next step would be to take that film into a full, complete festival run around the world. Have the chance to be from Switzerland, have a lot of connection around the world. And actually, we, Nathan is writing the feature version of Where is Violet. This is the short we're making now is a strong proof of concept in order to make the feature. So the next step for us will be to find the funding and get the proof out there in the world so we can get some support to make the feature version. Nice. That sounds, that sounds uh, an, uh, a classic journey. And like so many people out there trying to create a proof of concept, which is what I believe Where is Violet is. What is your advice to them, to the people out there? Just keep believing. Some people will be against you all the time, but once you have that idea, once you have a dream, keep chasing it, no matter what people tell you. All right, like that uh, motivational pill right there. What about you, Nathan? I think you need to be very aware of your limitations, and I think you need to really play to whatever your strengths are. 
And that's the way to make the most effective movie at this stage. Because at this scale, we do not have the production level of anything that's on TV or a movie. Like, we have, like, a decent amount of money for a short film, but it's still not, like, like unbounded. So I think it's really what a lot of people do is they don't think about that and then they can't pull off what was in their head and then they're not happy with how their movie sure came. man with this sexy voice people are curious out there who are you man you gotta tell them who are you Nathan who am I like yeah what, who name, are you my name is Nathan Lebedoff I am 20 years old I grew up in Kelowna British Columbia shout out to the Ogopogo that's a <laughs> lake monster from Kelowna British Columbia um I've just always kind of liked writing and stuff I think and I gravitated to kind of filmmaking first because I liked reading but no one read books and I couldn't see <laughs> a career as an author working out for me but I was like people watch things all the so time. why do you tell stories what do you mean why do you tell stories what's the drive I don't know it was just kind of it's just kind of what I enjoyed to do in first grade and second grade I guess and that's just kind of been a constant like I can't really put a finger on it you know Nice and tasty. How about you, Arthur, man? Well, as you know me, I'm Arthur Edelman. I'm from Switzerland Woo! and France at the same time. Uh, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. I played golf for 17 years at a pretty high level. And then when, when I streamed into film, that was like something to fill the gap that I was missing for golf. And um, I just love it. I like to take an idea or a concept that I have in my mind and put it on screen. Uh, believe it or not, I'm a pretty shy person. And I re through film, I can really express uh, what I feel deep down inside. Awesome. Almost like a channel, like a bridge. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. All right. So I actually want to ask you a specific question because uh, in this show, the show of the filmmakers here at Room Tone, uh, the, the guests actually choose the soundtrack. And uh, Arthur and Nathan chose Blue Velvet. So why this choice, guys? Well, this is like the movie is sort of off-putting on purpose okay our vibe that we're trying to go for is sort of creepy and disturbing so we kind of wanted to create that atmosphere on set if that made sense <laughs> so that we knew that we were making some really disturbing stuff so i actually like to play music when for the crew when the crew's like working because there's a lot of downtime where you're not actually filming when you're making movies obviously because setups take an hour all the time. Yeah. And they always take longer than they're supposed to. <laughs> But, so just to, just to keep up the, kind of the energy and to keep up like the mood that we're going for in the final thing, I like to play music for the crew so that everyone's kind of in the right headspace. And the music that we played on this shoot was all from Blue Velvet for the most part. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's a really interesting link right yeah. there. Okay, and I know that, that the vibes of, of that music probably uh, relink back to the, to the movie itself, where it's violin and uh, possibly yeah. the feature that is going to happen. So it's going to be interesting. Now, though, I want to play something a little bit more bouncy for us so that we can get back with a little bit extra energy for uh, Arthur and Nathan. This is uh, Bill Dodgett right here. Um, this is the soundtrack of Blue Velvet and of course this is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking community to your ears I'll catch up with you in a second
Welcome back, everybody. That was the soundtrack of Blue Velvet chosen by our guests, Nathan and Arthur, 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 Arthur. Let me ask you, what is Where is Violet about? Where is Violet is a psychological horror about um, a woman who meets her boyfriend's family for the first time. And as soon as she arrives, she truly, she she doesn't know that their true intention of her having over and it's very unsettling and it's really about it's about tradition it's about change it's about uh trusting the one you love and it's, it's a lot of layers you can go political and i guess everyone can have its own interpretation of where violet how did this idea came to how, how did it come to birth i'm curious <laughs> Well, it started as I pitched Arthur a romantic comedy that turns into a horror movie in the third <laughs> act. And um, that idea didn't really work. But the more we worked on it, it just kind of changed into what it is now. All right, all right. So what's the thematic? What's the main theme? What's the main message you guys want to, of course, without spoiling anything, but what is the direction you're going with this, with this project? Well, the family is very kind of traditional in how we present them. And with a limited kind of time frame that we have, it's very kind of visual, a lot of how we show our themes, but there are very kind of traditional values, sort of waspy, um, like institutional family of it. And she's mm -hmm. more like kind of a modern perspective, like, like some, someone like me. Uh -huh. like so so what's, what's if you could summarize it in one sentence? Like what? what's the theme? What's, what's the, theme the theme behind it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur, you want to give it a splash? I think it's the fear of change. Ooh, Ooh. change is indeed uh, something that 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 people fear a lot. Yeah, and I see the family as very conservative, afraid of changing and new stuff coming in. And I see the protagonist being the complete opposite. She's progressive and she wants to. She's modern, like Nathan Nathan said. So fear of change would be how I would summarize. That's, that's great right there. Now, if is there a moment in your life that g gave you the inspiration to tell this story specifically? I would say my decision to come here from a big change of being a golfer to trying to be a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was for me a big change and maybe the most important uh, moment of my life. Nice. Look at that beautiful keyframe that fades us into a beautiful dolly in right there. I like that. Nice. Nathan, about how about you? Sorry, what's the question? Is there a specific moment in your life that you took inspiration from for the story? I I don't like meeting my significant other's parents in any situation ever. So that's kind of where it started from, I guess. And then, you know, it's just sort of like I just sort of we just sort of did what came naturally. Natural know? story that just that just you know, came to like the it surface. Just sort of, it just sort of came. Sure. Yeah. And it's fascinating because, you know, so many people, as you said, are afraid of change. But in reality, they probably are afraid of the pain behind the change. The thing, is, though, is that actual pain doesn't come from the change itself. The pain comes from the resistance to change. Exactly. The moment you give yourself to the flow and the flow happens because there is a need of flow. Energy flows in the world as long as you're able to hook up, hook up to it. You know, I believe that, you know, nature, nature has good plans for you. You know, love is all over the place. You just got to op open your eyes for it, you know. And uh, that uh, there is a little bit of a of a of a beautiful uh, <laughs> quotation from someone I don't really remember. But, uh, wow. you know, sometimes wow. 
Could have made it up. Yeah, you know? uh, words fluctuate in the air, it's and yours. then our brain is transmitter just hook up onto it, and they come down to surface. <laughs> just a little bit like love as well. In yeah. Blue Velvet as well, it's a thematic pretty present in Blue Velvet as well. That reconnects to where is violin and, and a little bit of the fear of change, and, and a little bit also to the foolishness of love, you know? Yeah. Such a movie like Blue Velvet, David Lynch with that symbolism, mm, getting mm. so tasty in there. <laughs> yeah. I love David Lynch. That, that, that foolishness, that, that communication. Yeah. So David Lynch is the reason why my hair is so big. <laughs> I want to give off a David Lynch kind of vibe. Not bad at all, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I see you with that. I see you with yeah. that. Do you, do you get inspiration from David? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your movie especially? The, the, main, the main two influences for this movie were David Lynch and Yorgos Lanthimos, who made The Lobster and made Dog Tooth mm. and made Alps and Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is coming out that I haven't seen yet. But um, basically, when I was like 12 years old, I decided I was going to be a director, right? And I decided that if I was going to, the only way I would become a director is if I was open and confident and told people that I want to be a director. And the only way that I would be comfortable doing that is if I actually became a director, right? At yeah. the end of that, because my biggest fear was to tell people that I was going to be a director and then not be a director and then like work at Starbucks and be all embarrassed with my life, you know? <laughs> but um, so basically, since I was 12, I was just like trying to prepare myself as best as I can and watch as many movies as I could and stuff like that. So David Lynch has kind of been my hero since I was like a 13 year old boy, just because when you're 13 years old and you see that stuff, you're just like what's even going on right now oh yeah absolutely absolutely he takes he takes the concept of, of of love and takes it on a completely different level just painting on it with a pretty harsh brush and yeah. and what's your take on that arthur the foolishness of love well honestly uh what is even love what mm. love means i think it's a different uh meaning for everyone and for me for example i have a different past than nathan obviously I uh, didn't want to be director at 12, but I always wanted to be a golfer. And I'm taking this full 17 years old of experience. And obviously I failed to becoming the person I wanted to. And now I feel that, that life is giving me a second chance to improve on my past mistake to be the person I want to be. It's almost like re-falling in love with yourself. Exactly. I don't think love really lasts and we can discover new love everywhere we go. I believe the love that we truly need to commit to is the love to ourselves, huh? That's true. What's your take on that, Nathan? I can see you shaking a little bit over there. I, I'm shaking a little bit. <laughs> no, over like here. like moving, cl getting closer to the microphone. Um, like, do we need to commit to love ourselves? I think that's very advantageous for your own personal well-being. I guess. Mm -hmm. You know. Like, All right, and put that dot, and we create a paragraph right there. <laughs> yeah. Moon walking away from that, but absolutely. I mean, love is what makes the planet roll around. Anyways, that's what Dante uh, reminded us. Dante Alighieri, right there, running a whole. Uh, all the Div Divina Commedia splitting in like that. Wow, what an amazing piece of work. Um, yeah, talking about love, we actually have a song from Ketty Lester right here, always from the soundtrack of uh, Blue Velvet. This is uh, Ketty Lester. This is the song Love Letters, talking about enjoying the words from a lover. Whoever is in love out there, good luck with that. Enjoy life. Love letters straight from your Keep us so near while apart. I'm not alone in the night. 
When I can have all the love you And I kiss the name that you sign And darling, then I read again right from the start Love letters straight from your And I kiss the name that you sign And darling, then I read again right from the start Love letters straight from your Welcome back, everybody. This is Room Tone, the show that takes filmmaking's community to your ears. Now, we have Nathan and Arthur here. Hello. We've been talking about love and uh, with a scholar by the soundtrack of Blue Velvet. Interesting episode so far now. I'm glad you think so. The song Kissing the Signature. Everybody needs to be proud of the signature they put on their projects. They're, 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 this is Vi- where is Violet talking about specifically in uh, a couple of years, probably a feature project is in plan for Where is Violet, ready to be proud about that. What is the plan, actually, for you guys? Well, Ruggiero, the plan is to make the feature of Where is Violet. We want to really stay uh, true to that proof of concept, so it will probably happen in, again, one location. And we really want to to keep the same vibe, the same atmosphere, the same mood, to stay true to that proof of concept. And uh, Nathan can tell you more about it since he's writing the feature. He's in the process of it. Yeah, so we're writing it right now. And we're basically just going further than we did in the short. Because it's hard to explain because the short hasn't come out yet. And so no one's seen it. And it's only 15 minutes long. So if I just spoil, like if I talk about any of it, it kind of spoils the whole thing. But we're basically taking this short as a starting off point And we're extending it to its logical conclusion as far as we can possibly go. And that's the plan for the feature. Awesome. He, Arthur just mentioned uh, about the shooting process. I'm actually very curious about that because you told me you played music for the crew and you guys stayed in one location for a whole week. How about that? So we rented, basically we rented a mansion and the crew just lived in the mansion for the week of the shoot and the actors would come in during the, uh, the time frame that they were working and then other than that the crew was just staying there the entire time not bad at all any interesting dynamics in there arthur 
I was crazy and he was awesome and creepy at the same time because this shore is really weird and creepy. So this mansion <laughs> we're in, we had all the set deck, we had some taxidermy, we had some weird painting. So we literally lived for six days in that mansion. So with that kind of dreamy atmosphere that we, that we created. By so the end, I was literally Jack Torrance. <laughs> he was Jack Torrance in The Shining. I can, yeah. Is there a memory that you guys want to share over here? Well, I have a pretty funny memory i remember one night i couldn't sleep well i think four in the morning and i look out of my window and i see nathan just alone in the dark pacing back and forth and i was like oh man you're thinking about something very important right now what was happening in there man well every day i'd have to shoot the day while planning the next day and so i never actually left the property for seven days wow so we'd shoot from 10 in the morning till 10 at night That was our that was our day. And then at 10 until 10 the next morning, I'd be planning the next day. Wow. And I mean, I guess coffee was a pretty <laughs> important yeah, was, part of yeah, your life was, for that week. It was a very it was very advantageous to drink. Would you change anything if reshooting the project? Not really. I think it turned out best because like obviously we had a plan going in, but it changes when you're actually in a place for the first time. Right. We're on a level where we didn't get like weeks of tech runs and going through the place and knowing exactly the right dimensions to it. So we basically had to go in blind. Right. So we made the plan as best we could. But there's variables that obviously come up. Sure. Right? As always, as always. Yeah. Arthur? I think it worked out for the best. Uh, we, we took advantage of the property of the mansion we had and have another little crazy story about Nathan and <laughs> his brilliance oh as an artist. We, we had obviously a shot list and he had a clear idea of what he wanted. And one, one morning at four in the morning, he woke us all up in a house and be like, guys, I think we have a better option for that scene. He was literally looking at himself in a double mirror. So the image of the, the person will appear a hundred times. And he said that scene is going to start in a mirror with her brushing her teeth and not uh, waking up uh, from her bed. And that, was, that worked out for the best. And that was a genius move from Nathan. So much improvisation. It's almost like uh, the process of filmmaking is rewriting the story three different times, huh? Oh, for sure. How many things changed? <laughs> well, because but the, the thing is, like, I'm pretty confident with what we've what we've done, right? Like, I don't want to be too braggy about. It. I know we're on this show to to like market our product or whatever our project. So yeah, just discussing the law. Yeah, exactly. For the, but for like, the craft, I'm pretty you know? confident with how it turned out, but. There's only so much that you can do without experience as far as having a plan and executing it exactly like it was at the beginning. Because this is our second time doing this. For the most part, this is our first time doing this on, on this scale, right? So we have a crew that's very talented and very passionate and a lot of people that can do really great work. But at the same time, We, this is our second time doing this, right? And so we just, like, things are going to change on the days because we don't have a lot of experience. And even if we have experience, I imagine things change all the time because you can have something you hear in your head when you write it down and then it's said a different way, you know? Or someone else could have an idea in the moment and be like, oh, let's do this. And you can't be like... So how do you personally channel... Uh, what you see in your mind with the actors specifically is there a specific well, way you work with them I I really go what I like to do for acting specifically I like to answer whatever questions they might have and sort of fill in whatever gaps they need and let them 
sort of build the character because the thing is with the character how it's presented on the script they've kind of got a path to go down right already and all our actors were great enough that I had complete faith that they'd be able to do that right so it was mainly just kind of guiding them there and sort of not trying to get in the way because if I was trying to be like too domineering and like this is my movie I need to be in control of everything then it everyone would have just turned on me it's the collective word that brings the story to life anyways you know yeah, like exactly. uh, everybody there in the, in the yeah. house you start to develop a specific energy what of that energy would you take to the next feature to the feature film project and what would you not take with you that's a great question uh, I believe we did well on Where is Violet was Uh, we welcome ed- everyone in the house and put them in a very great situation. I think the fact that we had some a lot of room so people co- could have a lot of spaces to think, to have personal time, we're not cranking to run room. We, had, we always had food, we had drinks, we had access to a lot of facilities. And I, think that w- I thought that was very great. And all the crew and especially the actors were really pleased about their experience. That, that sounds great. I mean, that's the main mission of a, of a producer at the end, make sure that everybody is smiling. Huh? So that's, that's a pretty right, great, great move right there. Everybody out there who's uh, into filmmaking on sets. Um, I believe that when it comes to these, these situations here, communication is a, is a, is a big, 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 big uh, game changer. Communication is key. Um, how about that personally? I'm taking Where's Violet on the side, actually on, on, your, on your end with the whole crew. What about that communication? What about that aspect of communication when it comes to such an articulated project? Well, I was, I was blown away at the work ethic of the people that were working with us because I never expected people to work so hard for something that I wrote with Arthur a couple of months ago. <laughs> you know? But there was like, shout out to Bold, shout out to Chase, shout out to Joe. Those are the main beefcakes. They were the main three that stayed for the longest. Captain and Nigel. It was, and Captain Nigel, of course, uh, our uh, lovely director of photographer, of photography. <laughs> Sorry, I can't speak right now. Shout out to Nigel. Um, but it was ridiculous because, like, we'd work a 12-hour day and then... I'd be walking around and Bold is just cleaning the mansion just by himself. And I'm like, dude, go to sleep. Like, you've been working for 12 hours. So he's like, no, man. And then, like, the next morning when I'd come back down, everything's spotless. Yeah, it's true. Everyone worked way harder than we expected. And I think the key to success for Where's Violet was trusting each other. Uh, as artists, I give 100% trust to Nathan because I... I really trust him as a director and he trusted Nigel. He took some of his advice and I think the product is just wonderful and everyone worked so hard and the trust that was in that house was something uh, very unexpected and beyond our expectation. The trust that works is the trust that lasts. So where do you see guys yourselves in 10 years? Hopefully still doing this on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Artur? Yeah, in 10 years, uh, I'd love to be working on a film, on a multi-million dollar feature film. <laughs> Hopefully horror with Nathan and Woo! Nigel. Yeah, I guess the team that you build is the team that, that works, huh? Yeah, it's not only a team, it's also family. Like We're together almost 24-7 uh, in the process of making this film. So if you don't like the people you work with, then it's, it's not going to be well. 
Fascinating, huh? the teamwork, you know, and when I ask that question you know, in 10 years from now, it's because I'm very curious to see what technology is going to lay over our table, our dinner table. I mean, the menu has been changing so quickly. Yeah. Who's seen 10 years ago or 20 years ago VR? And yeah, now it's right here. Everybody can have access. Imagine, yeah. b- because it's exponential, imagine in 10 years what's going to happen, you know? Storytellers, we need to adapt, you know? It's I like know, evolution, I'm a, man. I'm a little scared, honestly, because I'm kind of old school in my <laughs> kind of approach and what I like. So I don't know if I could write a movie for VR necessarily, but it would be an interesting challenge. I think that there is going to be something even more uh, even crazier, immersive like, yeah, than VR. Just, people need that. People yeah. need that. It's almost like... Do people need that, though? People are looking for like, it, Do you people know? need that? Uh, I believe needing is something we need uh, really just shelter and food and love. Those are the yeah, three yeah, things exactly. that we need. One thing, of course, desire. I mean, um, desire is suffering, Buddha said, you know? So exactly. uh, <laughs> eyes on the prize, people. Ears on the cheers. Nobody really needs that much. But people are demanding for it because it's almost like a, uh, a drug, you know, being, being given constantly this, this sort of innovation. Yeah, and we need people, to catch up people, all the time. Yeah. People really need, need that new, the flow of news, you know. And that's why it's working so well when every year products are released and stuff like that, you know. Like we, we see it all over. We are, we are basically drowning in information but starving for knowledge, you know. And... That is that is the biggest imbalance I believe right now in 2017. Um, yeah, but you know what? That We're gonna take a little break. Uh, what's up, Dad? That was very profound, Rogero. Oh I man! Thank, Thank you why, for that. Why not give it a shot? Eh? We gotta just let it all out. Reach deep and let it all out. You need that, and the world needs that. All right, so we're going to take a little break over here at Room Tone. I'm going to splash some uh, uh, ads over here, and we're going to catch up right after that. See you very soon. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away Into the magic night I softly say If I cry 
Everybody, that was Nathan singing no, the second part oh, of uh, In Dreams by Roy Orbison. So this voice. is the soundtrack of Blue Velvet, chosen by our two guests. Yeah, thank right. you, thank you for that vocal, Nathan. I appreciate <laughs> no, that. <laughs> that, wasn't, that, wasn't me. that um, All right, I want to dive into some uh, exciting cheese over here. Exciting so, cheese. What's your definition of cheese? Oh, you man, say cheese a cheese lot. is what cheese, what people want cheese to be, you know. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, you don't have that word right at there at the tip of your tongue and you just splash cheese out of it because cheese. people cheese like cheese is. cheese can be melted cheese can be stinky cheese can be anything you want it to be so just uh, just uh, I on, the, on that notice right there okay so I want to give you guys an opportunity okay I want you guys each of you is gonna have the chance to pitch a future okay. project in one minute who's ready to give it a splash Arthur Awesome, Arthur. Thank you for that, Nathan. <laughs> no Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> All no right. I got you, Are you ready? We're going to splash that time oh, in shit. three, two, oh. one. All right. Talking about a future project. I guess my next project, I want to dive into something I haven't done before. I think I want to do a political piece, uh, something very stylized, something between three and five minutes. I really want to depict uh, the political leaders today in the world, especially Uh, with what's happening right now with the potential World War III or if we want to call it the second Cold War. And I want to have simply just two characters and one who will represent all the tyrannical leaders around the world who want war, and I'm not going to say name. And on the other side, I want to contrast with, um, with maybe a character that will represent the Cold War where nothing is real, nothing happened, it's all propaganda. 15 seconds, huh? And I really want this character to come in confrontation at the end and reveal that there's nothing happening, all was all for nothing. Thank you. Right on time. All right. That sounds pretty sparkling, right? They're pretty edgy, pretty uh, cutting. You really want to cut with that. I mean, that's what your projects want to do anyways. Now, I mean, of course, not to do any reference, but uh, uh, that probably has been a gift, eh? Because it has woken all of us up. It's been waking us up, and we need something that wakes us up when things are not going well. We exactly. really need that to happen. It would be nice if we didn't need to be woken up, though. Like, <laughs> of it course. would be nice if it just didn't happen. Of course. Talking, talking about that, Nathan, <laughs> now it's your turn. Okay, are you, you ready to give it a splash? Do you want a, do you want a shorter or a feature pitch? You make it happen, man. No, you have you, one you minute. You That's your right chance. Now. That's your chance to give it a splash. I've got a couple. You dude, narrow it down. Dude, I'm going to hit that dude, clock. Dude. It's your cheese, man. Shorter feature. Three, shorter two, feature. one. Arthur, shorter feature. And it's flowing. Feature. Feature. Okay, so um, my story is a black comedy. It is called Ego Death right now. It is in the development phase. It stars a girl named Arden, who's basically Kylie Jenner, as she's getting... Uh, stalked by an internet troll who's obsessed with her and uses technology to create kind of a fantasy world where they're in love and together but of course they're not and so it follows a split narrative between like this Kylie Jenner's real life and sort of like a BoJack Horseman-esque super dark kind of portrayal of Hollywood while in the middle of the South in like this basement there's this obsessed dude who's just completely infatuated 15 seconds huh? And that is the movie. I hope people give me money for it after hearing this radio show. <laughs> is that it? All right, we're going to fade this clock away. Oh, my God. It's so, so uncheesy to hear the clock and the times just uh, ticking on you, man. So oh, my Lord, man. Time. So it was uncheesy bad. 
Uncheesy? No, people, you make it what you want to make it out of uncheesy, okay. man. Time just, just flows trying. and you okay. can't really control it, so it's a little bit uncheesy, that's for sure. But that's <laughs> cheesy also because time is what makes us feel. So, I mean, let's just, let's not dive into metaphysics. <laughs> I don't think these <laughs> no, microphones will be like, yeah, yeah, oh let's man, that string theory right there is, is the only thing that is holding <laughs> us uh, excited about it, man. There is so much to talk about it, but uh, I actually want to get to the Bruce questionnaire with Proust you guys. Questionnaire. No, so yeah, Proust. are you ready? About, are, are you ready for that? I didn't even bring any macaron. Awesome. So basically, Proust, the Proust questionnaire. Proust, French novelist, objectively, uh, objective-driven uh, storytelling, right here. So he wrote 35 questions that he believed would define uh, someone's identity. Okay. Now we're gonna ask five of these questions. Ooh. Let's see the answers of these gentlemen over here. Okay, we're gonna start with the first question. Question number one: Which living person do you most admire? Go for it, Arthur. Roger Federer. <laughs> oh, that's actually a really good Swiss answer. Swiss tennisman, number one in the world. My grandfather. Ooh, what about that? Uh, he just was, came into like a very difficult situation and made it work for himself, and he's a very successful person, and I admire that. That sounds great. So following that question, what is the quality you most like in a man? In a man? Yeah, as a, as a, as a point of reference, you know? like. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I guess um, sort of laid-backedness. I think a lot of dudes are aggro. You know what I mean? Aggro? Like, aggressive. Oh, aggressive. <laughs> oh, man, all right. <laughs> spell that cheese for me. I'll spell that cheese. <laughs> all right, how about you, Arthur? I think um, a man should be trustworthy. Uh, I'll never break their promises and deliver when they say they're going to deliver something. I'll never make, break my promise to you, Arthur. So talking about that, actually, <laughs> let me ask you, what is the quality you most like in a woman? That's the million dollar question yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to give that away. I think kind of a mutual understanding. I'm sort of like a very specific kind of person. So when I find that kind of person, it's nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Arthur, Arthur? I don't think there are any specifics for me um i like women with beautiful eyes and <laughs> mysterious women that's <laughs> all i'm gonna say right now it's big the sensuality huh? it's always about uh, seduction in a way huh? it's charming. like storytelling charming storytelling. charming over physics yeah those eyes though is the is the secret huh oh yeah the moment you start to see the invisible in a woman's eyes oh if you see the invisible that's it that's oh, you it. got it you gotta fo- go you for got it, it. i the don't eyes. know what that means you guys i'll be honest with you <laughs> we're european you can't understand i'm sorry okay, Whoa! What's, what's the in- okay define <laughs> the invisible though oh that's an interesting <laughs> way that's an interesting one because huh? both of you just like locked in like yep yep the invisible that's <laughs> that's definitely a thing the I invisible is when you get lost while looking at a woman in the eyes and all your thoughts go away and the only present moment that matters is you and her looking at each other. Oh man, that's gold right there, you know? Yeah. It's almost like the invisible, it's almost like uh, when you experience a glimpse of heaven, you know? Okay. And uh, that moment is pretty magical, you know? Then everything no, has a birth you. and death, everything okay. is, is like is a story, you know? Yeah. But the beauty is the moment. And the moment, the moment you understand that, you know, and you embrace the fact that you're living that moment, mm, that's, that's when the circle gets full, you know? But uh, yeah, jumping to the next question. Hey, um, which talent would you most like to have? This is question number four of the Proust questionnaire. I've always been pretty bad at sports. So, like, if I was picking a talent that, like, would be the hardest for me to get, I'm assuming that that would be one of them. 
So interesting because Arthur actually was was on the other side. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, I've been always good at sports since I was a young kid, but um, I guess I would love to be able to sing. Mm, yeah. You want to give it a shot right here, right now, live Do with it. us? I'm okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I, I asked. I asked in the doubt. I just asked. All right. Question number five of the Proust questionnaire. If you could change one thing about yourself, people also listening to this, ask yourself that question. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I'm very negative and like self-deprecatory. Oh, how would you change that? I don't know. If I knew that then I w- <laughs> wouldn't be negative and self-deprecatory anymore <laughs> okay that's that that's a good answer right there I'll give you that I'll give you that 100 points for that Artur I would say I'm too hard on myself and I set goals that are sometimes unrealistic and I get disappointed by not reaching them so I'm really working hard on myself to set myself attainable goals step by step awesome all right so everybody these were Arthur Edelman and Nathan Leberoff. So how can people reach you guys? Um, I'm on Instagram. Notorious L-E-B. Notorious underscore L underscore E <laughs> underscore B. Because, you know, I, I like Biggie and my last name starts with L-E-B. Oh, all right, all right. That, that, that's part of the season. Make, makes it happen for sure. And then is yeah. there anything else uh, 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 for you, Arthur? Like my phone number or something? <laughs> no, or? no, no. Arthur, how can people I'm, reach you? Get to know about I'm you guys. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at, uh, as Arthur Simon Edelman. I'm also on YouTube as Arthur Edelman. And if you have any question and want to get in touch, just email me at arthy.edelman at gmail.com. And also official, <laughs> official Where is Violet page on Facebook. You can see our amazing teaser trailer. Please go and like it. Thank oh, yeah, you. like that because we have like 100 likes. But our teaser trailer is up <laughs> and it's pretty good. <laughs> all so right. I'll give you a little taste so of you guys, coming. you guys are on Facebook with Where is Violet yeah. and personal contacts. Uh, all right, awesome. So this is uh, actually, we got to wrap it up. Oh, no. This was the oh. third episode. This was Room Tone Take 3. Um, we've been talking about movies. This is the show of the filmmakers. We appreciate all plants seated around cameras and the love and the passion for the moving picture. Now it's time to leave you guys to the last song from the soundtrack of Blue Velvet. This is Mysteries of Love by, by of course, the movie Blue Velvet. This is actually an Italian composer who, wrote, who composed the song. This is Angelo Badalamenti with uh, Mysteries of Love. Enjoy life, everybody. Room Tone is out.
stop.